Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience, continuing yep. some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor, and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious, and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait?
this problem. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I heard to choose. Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. Alright, alright, alright. Gonna learn today. Alright, 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 alright. Shalom and good morning. Welcome to another episode of ISBHBK, the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge, presents Bible Talk. Welcome. My name is Mishaba. Uh, I'm, I'm your host today. I'm joined by my brother, Gabar Kawas. Shalom, what's going on? Shalom, sir. Yeah, how about you? I'm glad to Tawad Barakwar to uh, Carl Yashala. Um, just ready to, you know, get into this, get into this class. All right. Um, uh, just some brief announcements. Um, uh, we are part of the Israelite School of Biblical History and Practical Knowledge uh, Network, uh, which has school locations in San Antonio, Texas, Houston, Texas, Nova, Virginia, and also Rochester, New York. Um, we like to affiliate with all Hebrew Israelites. Uh, I, I know there's a lot, a lot of Hebrew Israelites that don't want to affiliate with any other Hebrew Israelites. Um, but in Zephaniah chapter 2 and verse 1, uh, we're giving some instructions, a commandment, an order, a judgment uh, from the Father. He says, gather yourselves together. You gather together, O nation, not desired. Before the decree brings forth, before the day passes the shaft, before the fierce anger of the Lord come upon you. So in, in our effort to want to uh, uphold that, um, uh, that statute. And I definitely want to uphold that um, that righteousness, uh, that uh, that precept that's dictated by the Most High. Um, we 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 try to be at peace with all Hebrew Israelites. Um, as, as much as Paul even came back and and, and gave us the, the admonishing that as much as lies in you, be at peace with all men. And we know that, that even when we look at Paul and Peter, uh, James and John, that there was a, a minor uh, schism. Even amongst them, being, being the apostles of Christ, being the apostles, uh, being, being the apostles um, of the messages, the and messages of Christ, but there was even schisms among them based on the different ministries and the different peoples and uh, ge- geographic locations that they had to go to, and the different demographics of people that they had to get. That there was there was different uh, methods in how they had to teach. It was still essentially the same message, but in order to reach the different people for the different things that 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 was going on. Um, there was different things that was focused on, that, that which did happen, uh, cause a schism. But ultimately, the bottom line was that it was about getting Israel to recognize that we're Israelites and recognize who the Father is, recognize who Christ is, and to repent. Right? And that's time for us to come together. That as 
the Old Testament prophecies dictate that the Messiah uh, was going to come, is going to come and redeem the nation of Israel from all our captivities and from the, 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 the hand of everyone that hates us uh, because of our iniquities, because of our sins, because of, because of our, 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 our sins against the Most High, that uh, according to the prophecies given to, to Daniel and throughout the Bible, but uh, Daniel really focuses in on, on the four major captivities that we as Israelites were going to have to endure. Uh, that we was going to, not even adore, that's even the wrong word, that we was going to be subject to because of our sins, right? because of our iniquities, because of our going against God's ways, because of our going against his, his mandates. Uh, the first being um, the Babylonian captivity, uh, uh, headed by Nebuchadnezzar, for, which was 70 years. And the wrath of the Babylonians, you learn this in world history, that after the Babylonians, you read about the Persian and Medes, um, the Medio Persian Empire uh, coming, coming into power. And us being subject to them. Then after the, uh, the Persian Medes, uh, we have Alexander the Great, uh, the Greek, with the with the with the Greeks uh, coming into power. And then after after the, the Greeks, we come to the Greco-Roman Empire, the Roman Empire, where um, it, it shows you that there was going to be two parts uh, to this empire. It was going to be the, uh, the early Roman Empire uh, under the Caesars and, and everything. There was going to be a a, a, a a fall, if you will. It was going to be a, a uh, an intervention, an intermission of, of their power, of, of, of their rulership, uh, which we not, I now know as we look back at history now, matching history with the prophecies, which is what was known as the Dark Ages or the medieval period. And then there's going to be a rebirth or a renaissance of, of uh, the Roman Empire coming back into power, uh, headed by Caucasians, headed by so-called white people with the, with the um, Ottoman Turk um, uh, Empire coming into power under Muhammad or Muhammad II, and lasting until the Messiah comes, um, uh, Jesus Christ, who, who we now are patiently, eagerly uh, awaiting his, his, his return uh, to go ahead now um, uh, fulfill the prayer given to us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 down, the Lord's Prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what we are eagerly waiting on. In doing so, we are, we are also reminded and mandated and, and, and admonished and warned that while we're here awaiting um, the Messiah's return, Yahweh's return, Jesus Christ's return, as we're waiting for his return, we're supposed to be rehearsing the righteous acts, that we're supposed to be um, uh, practicing God's righteousness, which we know is his statutes, his laws, his commandments, his judgments, his way of doing things, that, that we as Hebrew Israelites, um, and returning back to the Father, returning back to righteousness, that now it's time for us to be rehearsing the righteous acts as we, as we, as we await um, his return, uh, which hopefully is going to be any, any minute now. Um, if, 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 if it was up to us, he'd come back during this broadcast, <laughs> that, that we, we, we're out of here. All right? So with that being said, um, starting tomorrow night at sunset, starting tomorrow night at sunset, we have a high holiday, um, not a holiday, but the actual uh, origin of, of, of the term holiday comes from the word holy day, which is the day of atonement. And that's what today's fast is going to be about. It's going to be, um, we're going to go ahead and, and, and discuss and examine uh, the day of atonement and what it means to us. And by no means, I know there's, there's some, certain Israelite groups um, that teach that Christ is the atonement and that we no longer have to keep the day of atonement. Um, 
and that the Day of Atonement was just established for us to sacrifice animals, and that the animal sacrifice was going to make an atonement for uh, the, the sins of the nation, uh, which is true, which is true, that at one time, that the technicalities of the Day of Atonement was that, that the lamb was, was sacrificed, a scapegoat even was sacrificed, and that Christ being the last sacrifice, that there was no need for an animal sacrifice, which is true. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even um, uh, rebuttaling or, or rebuking uh, that notion, that idea. That, that what, what they say with that is 100% true. But there's a, there's a little deeper meaning to the Day of Atonement than just the animal, the animal sacrifice, the, the, the shedding of animal's blood. It goes a little bit further than that. It's not just the, te- the technicality of making sure the scapegoat got killed. It wasn't the technicality of making sure the sheep of the bulldogs got killed for the Day of Atonement. It was about the Israelites mending their relationships with one another. It was about the Israelites now coming and, and we were given the physical um, uh, Day of Atonement with the rituals thereof, but the more spiritual meaning behind, behind it was that it was for us as Israelites now to be able to mend and come together and come, become one with one another uh, again and to remind ourselves that uh, we started from the bottom and now we're here. We started from the bottom in Egypt and now we're here. And now let's come back now and, and, and when I reminisce over you, my God, when I reminisce that we're supposed to come back and now and reminisce and remember how we started, where we came from, and that if it wasn't for the Lord, our God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, um, that we would have never been redeemed out of Egypt uh, to, be, to fulfill the promise that God had given to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, that we would inherit the promised land and, and that we would inherit God as our inheritance, the creator, the most high. Um, and that now it was time for us to, that all he ever wanted was for the nation of Israel too, as the royal law, the royal commandment that Paul reminds us of, to love God with all your heart and all your soul and to love your neighbor as you love yourself, knowing that the neighbors of the Israelites were other Israelites. That if, I, if I was living in the land of Judah, then guess who my neighbors would be in the land of Judah? Other Judites. If I was living in the land of Simeon, if I was living in the land of Dan, if I was living in the land of Benjamin, if I was living in the land of, of Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, Asher, Naphtali, or Issachar, that my neighbors would be other Israelites. Um, and within our country, our, our neighbors would be the other tribes. They were supposed to love one another as we love ourselves. So as much as, as a person can be selfish and really only think about what he's going through, what she's going through, or what their family's going through, let's think about the whole nation. Let's think about the whole nation. So with that, I'm going to ask Brother Gabar, um, if you're here with me on uh, did you have any other uh, uh, introduction, announcements, anything you want you want to uh, bring out or say anything? Uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good, sir. You 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 said it all, pretty much. All right, cool, cool, cool. So then, jumping into this class and trying to try to avoid where I, I get long winded and and we don't get to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the last 15, 20 minutes of, of time, let's go ahead and go to Leviticus chapter twenty-three and verse one. We can read that, please. Con, um, we're in Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 1. And it reads, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. 
All right, cool. So, again, we, we're getting commandments from, from, from the Most High, giving commandments from God, giving to Moses to command the Israelites, uh, the so-called Negroes, West Indians, Puerto Ricans, Haitians, Dominicans, Cubans, North American Indians, Similar Indians, Argentinians, Chilean, Brazilians, Columbus, Panamanians, and so-called Mexicans, that now God is about to uh, announce and give to us his holy days, all right, his feast days. Now, remind you, remember, everybody, we, we just came out of Egypt where Egypt had feast days for all their separate gods that, that they honored, that they cherished, that they worshipped, uh, that we were made to serve, similar to our, our, our captivity here in America, where we're only reminded about the, the, the deeds and the feats and the victories of America, and they're upheld, and, and they're, they're, they're honored, and they're cherished. Um, as well, the pagan holidays of Christmas and Easter, Valentine's Day, um, uh, St. Patrick's Day, that just like in modern America, we have these holidays, and we're unfamiliar with God's feast days, that even coming out of Egypt, that we had just been used to honoring and, and participating in the feast days of the Egyptians. So now the Lord is about to give us his holy days, his, his, his holy days. And let's also remember, I know it's a lot, but let's also remember that the word holy means separate that these are the days that the Lord God has made separate between the Israelites and between himself. That this was, this was um, uh, these days were sentimental to God. That these days were sentimental to God and precious to God concerning his relationship with the Israelites. Right? That this is supposed to be honored, no different than, a, than an anniversary would be honored, no different than a, than a um, um, just some great deed uh, that was done, uh, and you want to commemorate and acknowledge. No different than, like, like in America, similar to America, uh, we have a Labor Day. We have a, uh, a Memorial Day. We have a, a, a All Saints Day. We, ha- we have a Mother's Day, a Father's Day. Um, that these are days to, to commemorate and give honor, give homage, give, give, give uh, recognition to certain things that were done. Well, the Lord God also had established these days with the Israelites concerning um, and, and commemorating victories, uh, commemorating um, uh, mercy, commemorating long-suffering, commemorating uh, uh, something special that was done between the Lord God and the Israelites, that he wanted it to be a holy day or something separate, that these days were separate in recognition of the relationship between the Israelites and the Lord God. All right? So if we can reverse, read, read that one again, one, uh, uh, one more time. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Um, we're in uh, uh, chapter 23 of Leviticus, uh, and starting in verse 1, and it reads, and the, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. All right, cool. So I'm going to ask the brother Gabar if he can uh, look up the word convocation. All right, we can go to the Webster's 1820 Dictionary and look up the word convocation. Con. Um, I, I have that uh, definition. Um, convocation, a large Formal assemblies of of people to a meeting. Okay. 
uh, you you want to give us some understanding now and set that to the scripture and, and give us give, give us a little little light, little little expounding. Um, sure. Uh, basically, so the so a convocation, um, our 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 holy days are actually called holy convocations, in which um, we're supposed to to gather together on on these con- convocations to uh to to enjoy the fellowship and also to appear in in front of the the heavenly father uh, uh for these special separated days right 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 that that these are these are formal assemblies that 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 and being a formal assembly these are the, these are these are signs that we as israelites are supposed to supposed to put on our best um uh, garments put on our best behavior and then these are the days that the Lord God was expecting us to be gathered together and assembled together officially, formally. No different than, than in, here in America uh, uh, for Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, uh, Independence Day, uh, what have you, that uh, for the most part, Americans are let, uh, have a day off on these days so that they can officially uh, meet up and assemble on these days. Um, in, in America. Well, the Lord God had the same thing established for the Israelites, that these were supposed to be formal assemblies, um, that we were supposed to, these are the days that we were supposed to gather together, right, that, that, that were special, that were separate, that were uh, uh, precious, that, that were, were um, um, uh, uh, sentimental to the Lord God, right? And then he called these days feasts. All right. Uh, can we look at the word feast, brother, if you don't mind? Um, again, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Con. <clears throat> uh, the definition of feast. Um, a, a large meal, typically one in celebration of something. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm, I'm going to read this, and we're going to insert that. Leviticus 23 and 2, speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, concerning the feast or the what? What, what, what was the definition? A large, uh, the large meal, typically one in celebration of something. So these are large meals that were in celebration of something. So concerning the, the large meals and celebrating celebrations of the Lord, that these are, we're supposed to get Brothers and sisters, y'all remember when Jacob and Esau were born, it tells us that what? Esau was what? A man of the field, right? Who liked to hunt. But what was Jacob? A plain man, man growing in tents. Um, and to have a barbecue? <laughs> Come on, y'all. Y'all know that's in our spirit. That, that, that. Come on. There's just something that happens to us as Israelites, that, that, that sweet savor of a barbecue, that when, 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 when the coals are, 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 are hot, um, uh, whether it's wood or, the, or actually the charcoal, and you put that meat on, whether it's the hamburgers, whether it's the chicken, whether it's the beef hot dogs or whatever, and you hear that sizzle, and then some of that grease drops onto the, onto the coal. And that smell kind of just wastes through the air. 
Oh, man. It's about to, oh. It's just something that kind of triggers the side of us that triggers warm feelings. It triggers, it triggers some, 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 some excitement. It, it triggers some, some, oh, my God. Somebody barbecuing. <laughs> you know, just, just in the, uh, the, the commercial, the, you know, the Johnsonville uh, Franks. You know, right, right. You know it, that that echoes throughout the the, the neighborhood. You know, <laughs> you know John's got some Johnson Johnson Johnsonville Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's not like 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 we even need to need to hear somebody announce that as much as we just smell that. Right, the smell is in the announcement. You know what yeah, I mean? The, the, the smell is the announcement, right? The announcement, you know. And and we're gonna just start coming together. It's, it's probably be some watermelon. Gonna be some some uh, some drinks. It's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be some great music playing in the background. It's gonna be some kids uh, uh, running around playing, you know, football tag, jump rope, uh, double dutch, I should say. You know, let, let's just keep let's keep it real. Um, might be a basketball game going. Might be a football game going. It's gonna be some 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 some, some dominoes. It's gonna be some uh, uh, some spades, some some card games. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be a gathering, and it's going to be a good time. Well, that's that. This is what the Lord is is is, is describing for us here in Leviticus chapter twenty-three. That these are His special occasions that we come together and have a great meal in celebration of something. This is us. This is us. This 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 is. As much as I'm going to say it's part of our culture, it's almost like it's in our DNA that we're going to come together. And, and you know, even some of the old Southern hospitality is that, you know, when you came into somebody's house, one of the first questions they asked you was, have you ate something? Have you ate? And sit your butt down here and get something to eat. You look so sketchy. Look at you. You look skin and bone. Sit down and let me get you something to eat. You know, that, 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 that image you know, that you know, that America's made a stereotypical image, but an image of, of, of like a grandmother in the kitchen, and she she's baking that that pecan pie or that sweet potato pie. Um, you know, just the smells that come from the kitchen, um, um, all the food being being, being cooked and being served, being prepared, and the feeling of us sitting down, uh, even if it's outside at the long table or the picnic tables or or inside at the table, it's just those feelings of of you know, having that 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 feast set before you and all the families around and everybody is there. Um, and that's not just among black folks. That's among any of the tribes. So our Mexicans, come on. So, so our Mexicans, you know, it's, it's going to be um, some Bud Light or some Corona. It's, it's going to be the, uh, uh, the music, again, with all the trumpets and everything playing. And it, it, it's going it's to be probably two uncles, you know, practicing boxing. <laughs> yeah. A true celebration, you know. A it's a celebration. Um, that this is now again. I'm, I'm getting excited as I just you know put my mind in now as we're going through this. What must this have been like when we had all twelve tribes with all the different flavors? Like like living in Albuquerque, we we've been fortunate enough to be able to go to to, to powwows out on the reservation. And it's not like the one that, that that's held at the uh, 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 UNM uh, uh, arena. No. Yeah, the, the pit. Yeah, in the pit. 
Yeah. No, when you yeah. actually go out to the red. Right. Uh, no, bring it, please, bring it out. Devon, please, come on. Bring it out. I, I want you to. I need you to. In Albuquerque in, in April, uh, around actually the time of uh, of um, the Passover, actually, um, there's a gathering of nations, which is the gathering of of the native, the so-called Native Americans, which is the tribe of Gad in, in Israel, and also the tribe of uh, Reuben. Um, so uh, that is a, is where uh, people from our our people from from all around the country actually go to Albuquerque. Um, you know, sometime in April, around the twenty twentieth. You know, through the twenty sixth, um, and it's called the Gathering of of, of Nations, and it's. It's actually uh, the gathering of the, uh, the 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 Gadite and Reubenite tribes, you know. But they they they've named it the gathering of of the nation, um, basically in in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in in, in the pit at the UNM uh, Lobo Arena. They have that one, right? And and it, that's it, 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 it's big. But that has nothing um, when you actually go to the reservation, right? To one of the reservations, and go to a, and, and you have to be invited to one of the powwows at the reservation, right? Wow! They do the dancing, you know, with the drums, uh, with the right. singing. It, it's beautiful. They got they, they have their their, their gadai garments on with the feathers and the beads and the fringes. Uh, the the women the, the way the women are are, are, are dead it, it, it's in order but it's a celebration and it it, it it's they're actually sending a prayer so the, the 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 singing and the, the the chanting that they're doing they're actually sending a prayers to what they call the great spirit who we understand to be the most high and after all the dancing is done and the marching is done the food you go you you. They, 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 it's almost like a, a, I don't even know how to describe their houses, but the way the houses are built, you can literally walk from one house to the other all, all on the inside. And it's just so much food, and they feed everybody. It, I mean, it's a celebration. It's a feast. It, it, it's, it's similar. It, it's like, it's like a, if anybody can imagine like Mardi Gras or Carnival without all the sex, without all, all the, 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 the Sexual innuendos and all that type of stuff. Right. But with the the, 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 the dress, with the music, and, and, and the community, and, and everybody coming together, it's really spectacular. It really is spectacular. And there's this one scripture, I, it always keeps running from me. Um, I remember reading it. I just can't, no, I can't remember if I read it in the, in the Josephus or, or, the, or the Apocrypha. But it tells you that Whenever we as Israelites would come together, all, especially of all twelve tribes, if you got if you got Judah with the with the with the uh, with, with the drums, and uh, then you got you got like Gad or Naphtali even, the so-called Asherites coming with the with the with the with the flutes, and then you got you got Issachar coming with the guitars, you got uh, Gad coming with with the chants and coming with the uh, uh, with the drums also, 
and each tribe bringing their flavor. You got the, the Benjamites, so-called West Indians, the Jamaicans, uh, Trinidadians, coming with their style of music and, and, and the, steel, the steel drums and the steel um, uh, making that music. I can only imagine, I can't imagine what that must have sounded like, how that must have been, how that must have been, my, my, oh, my God, Tr- transcendence. Right. That that must have been whatever vibration was in that music when all twelve tribes were together, gathered together in righteousness, and we were praising the Lord our God together, brothers and sisters. As as we're not gonna read it today, but some some of our the the feast lasted a whole week, like the feast of unleavened bread that lasted one whole week. Then we come back with uh, the feast of tabernacles that lasted eight days. A whole week, no work. Matter of fact, for tabernacles, everybody had to bring their own tent, so nobody went home. <laughs> <laughs> we were all together for that eight days feasting. I can only imagine what some of and, and and for it to be in righteousness, not not no not no hookups on the side, not no adultery, not no. Um, uh, uh, perverts trying to take take daughters or take little kids or anything like that, but we're actually gathered together in righteousness, and we're all praising the Father. The tambourines, the the harps, the timbrels, the 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 trumpets, the flutes. Um, I. I what might give you a picture is, you know the lyrics to uh, Lionel Richie's All Night Long? You see people dancing. Right. <laughs> all night long. Yeah. They play all day, all day, all day. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it puts that image in your, in your mind. Of, that, that visual, right. Right, that, that, that visual. Yeah, I didn't mean to say I didn't mean to say image, but you know that that visual, you can actually oh, you, can say, you can say image. Okay, it's cool, it's cool. You know that that, no, that in the in the inter, introduction lyric of of uh, Lionel Richie's All Night Long, you know it's it's a it's a celebration. He's 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 describing everything that takes place in a huge feast. In uh, celebration with the healing right. and the thing and the well, you know the whole nine. Now, if you're saying that, I'm also thinking about like cool in the game. Celebrate good times. Come on! Boom, 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 boom. boom. Woo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> right. God. That, that, but again, Isakar's got some music. I, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with Isakar music because I understand the language. But they've got some songs that really bring out that 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 joy. They really bring out it's a celebration. They bring up that same type of vibe, that same type of feeling, as well as um um uh, uh all the different type of music from like Dominican music, um, uh, Jamaican, uh, uh, I'm sure even going out to like Argentinians, Colombians, uh, uh, Panamanians, Puerto Ricans. That that if we bring all that. Your your voice is a little bit low, bro. Your voice is a little bit low. Oh, sorry, sorry. The, the the carnival, you know the 
Um, back back in the day, there was a video that Jay Z and UGK did, and it was done during the uh, Carnival. Okay. Which is which is uh, in Argent Argentina and uh, Chile. I believe, uh, I, I believe that's, that's Brazil and Colombia. Yeah. Brazil and Colombia, and it's a it's it's a party for a week. Where you know, and, and everybody's showing off their their garments. Um, there's there's drinking, there's you know celebration, and like you mentioned before, um, it you know with, without all of the 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 lust, you know, because that, that it's it's just like the Mardi Gras when you said you know to minus the you know all the lust, it's it, it's all in in righteous uh, celebration. You know, which is, you know, um, happens to be, you know, are, are you know, three, three tribes uh, from Israel. You know, um, you said Brazil, uh, Zebulon, and uh, Argentina and Chile, Colombia, uh, Asher, is, Colombia, the Uruguay, Asher. Um, you know, all of those, Chile, Natali, um, Argentina and Chile, all of those <laughs> South America. You know, but uh, yeah. Um, the, the, the celebration of uh, Carnival. It was the song was called Big Pimpin', you know. But I remember that. I remember that song. Right, right. But um, you know, taking that out, you know, it was the video consisted of uh, the celebration of Carnival, which is a celebration of uh, Ashar and Zadula um, One, uh, and also uh, um, Natalia or Natalia. Zebulon and, and Asher. Now, again, for all 12 tribes to come together, and then the things that we were celebrating was that we all were unified, that these are the things that we were celebrating, and that we were celebrating the victories or the, the, the special days between us and the Lord God, our, the Creator, the Lord God, our Father, and in celebrating that, with, with within in our, in our own land, um, with all the bounty and and, and 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 the fruitfulness of all the harvest, whether it was the spring harvest, the summer harvest, the, the fall harvest, the winter harvest, that whatever it might have been, that we had a chance now to all come together and celebrate what the Lord God did for our nation, what the Lord God did in, in freeing us from our enemies, freeing us from all debt, freeing us from all. Uh, uh, um, Really, from all worries, living in the land of paradise, living in the land of milk and honey, and for whatever little gripes or beefs that we get as as, as siblings or as, as as children or whatever, other other most high, that we was able to work those things out and I come together and celebrate each other as family, celebrate each other and honor each other and and uplift each other and esteem each other, um, uh, and rejoice and rejoice in, in seeing uh, uh, each other's growth. Rejoicing and, and seeing each other's, um, and that whatever grudges or whatever beef or whatever whatever um, um, discrepancies we, that we have with, with one another, we was able to let those things go and actually come together and just celebrate life, just celebrate each other, ce- and celebrate how the Lord God was working in within all of us. I I can't wait for for us to be able to enjoy and experience. Uh, that again, what that must really be like. That we can look on TV 
um, and it seemed like the New Year's uh, celebration from the when they dropped the ball in uh, Times Square in New York City and see how many thousands of people gathered themselves together for that, and that, that that's that's a big deal. Uh, we can see, you know, across America, when people gather together for the Fourth of July at various baseball fields or, or arenas or wherever they might go to, right, and see all the fireworks and everybody comes together, and that gives a sense of of, of it makes Americans feel a, a certain sentiment and feel a certain way. That what's this going to be like when all Israel actually comes together and we uphold and we celebrate these days of when the Lord God has now delivered us from this very last captivity, that we, there's no more captivities after this. There's no more. It, it's going to be done. And that, that it's going to be God's kingdom that's going to be forever. For ever and ever, ever, that it's gonna be God's righteousness. <clears throat> forever, ever, forever, ever. That, it, that, that this is what we're coming into. This is what we're looking for. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and jump down to verse. Uh, I think it's twenty-six. Right. Um, we're in uh, the book of Leviticus. Uh, chapter 23 and verse 26 now, and it, it reads, <clears throat> And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of this seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be in holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls and offer in offerings made by fire, Unto uh, the, the the Lord, right, right. Um, Twenty eight, and ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. Read on. Twenty nine, for whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off. From among his people, and whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy from among his people. Read on. Ye shall do no manner of work; it shall be statute forever, throughout your generations, and all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest. And ye shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at even, from even unto even, shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. All right, all right so thank you for reading that out. So here we have the Day of Atonement. And the Day of Atonement actually takes place here uh, this, in the Lord's uh, seventh month and the tenth day. All right. Um, we know that in, uh, according to the, how the Most High set things up, he never named the days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. That we know that, that the naming of the days um, and also the naming of months, that that's a pagan tradition. That, that, that the Lord God never, never, never established anything like that. The Lord God always um, called the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, or the seventh day. He never assigned a name to any of these days, but he called them about by number. Um, and also the months of the year. It was the first month, second month, third month, fourth month, fifth month, sixth month, seventh month, eighth month, ninth month, tenth month, eleventh month, and the twelfth month. That, that the naming of the month 
uh, and we, we've got a class that we've done uh, that you can find on ISBSDK, um, uh, uh Bible Talk, even on uh, uh, Apple iTunes uh, Podcast, on iHeartRadio Podcast, on Google Podcast, or even on Podcast Addict, uh, um, uh, where, where we discuss the months of the year. And it, it's, it's titled that, the months of the year, the naming of the months of the years. Um, and we go into that pretty extensively and, and to show that the, the days of the week and the months of the year, that is 100% pagan, that we didn't do that. Um, and I, I guess we got to do this real – I'm going to try to do this as quickly as possible, brothers and sisters. Uh, Ah, would you mind going to Daniel chapter 7, verse 25? Uh, keeping a, a, a mark on the Leviticus 23 26. We can come right back to that, but let's get Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 um, um, for, for, for a little little explanation. Um, Daniel uh, chapter – Say that again, 27 and verse 5? Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, yeah. 25. Daniel uh, chapter 7 and verse 25. And it reads, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be... I'm sorry, finish it. Uh, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. So when we're going to read Daniel, the whole chapter in context, which we're not going to be able to do today, but when we read the whole chapter in context, um, we find, we're finding out that during the time of this fourth kingdom, uh, during the time of, 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 uh, from Daniel's prophecies, the fourth kingdom being uh, essentially was going to be the Roman Empire, that when the Romans came into power, it was prophesied that once they did come into power, that one thing they would do, I'd be known for, is that they would change time and law. And that's why we, we, we um, um, many of us are familiar with the, the Gregorian calendar. I'm sorry, bro? I got I to get this call real quick. Not a problem. Not a problem. Kind, kind. Yes, sir. That, that we would celebrate the, the and we, we recognize the Gregorian calendar. And with the Gregorian calendar, that goes back to, to the Romans, who actually came back and they did change times and laws. To where in changing the times uh, and making midnight the beginning of the day, that when we come back and read Genesis chapter 1, every time we read Genesis chapter 1, it always says the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. The evening and the morning were the third day. But each day of the week started in the evening, or what we know as sunset. Not 12 midnight, but that, that tradition of what every, the whole world damage goes by uh, uh, today, that was started by the Romans. One, another thing that was started by the Romans was daylight savings time. That that actually started back in, in, in the pagan, uh, pagan Roman Empire, the actual thing of uh, daylight savings time. That started with the Romans. Um, that, that carries on to this very day. That as we get ready to come into the month of October, um, as we're in the month of October, and we know towards the end of the month, um, we're about to have uh, the daylight savings time of, of, of uh, where you spring. In the spring, you go forward an hour. In the fall, you fall back an hour. We know that we're about to come, come into that time again. That was never recognized by God. That was never established by God. But the whole world, uh, pretty much, um, is, on that, is on that time schedule of, of changing of the time for daylight savings time. That whole thing was started by the Romans. And then, again, the, changing, uh, the naming of the days of the week, um, where 
the first day is now Sunday. The second day, you know, the Sunday in honor of worship of the sun. Uh, Sunday then the, the uh, Monday. Sunday being the first day, then the second day being uh, the Monday for the moon. And that, that was literally done in recognition of serving and worshiping the moon. Then we have Tuesday, which goes back to a, a, a guy named Tuitious. Uh Then Wednesday goes back to Odin, uh, Wooden, which goes back to uh, Odin, which goes back to Norse mythology. Uh, then Thursday, if you have uh, Wooden or Odin, then obviously you're going to have who, who else? When you think about Odin and the Odin force, who else do you think about? When you think about in, 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 in terms of that, that, that type of mythology, obviously you have Thor. And that's where we get uh, Thursday from, going back and in, in reference of honor the god Thor, the god of thunder. Then we have Friday, which goes back to Fr- uh, Friga, or Frigg, which was one of Odin's wives, or Zeus's wives, um, is where we get uh, the day Friday from. Then we have Saturday, which is honor of the planet Saturn. And then we flip it all back around, uh, coming back again to the first day of the week being, being uh, Sunday. That all these, the days, the naming of the days of the week, that goes, goes back to Rome. Right? That even goes back to Rome. And then the, the, the month, January, goes back to the goddess uh, Janus. Uh, February goes back to uh, uh, February, if I, if I remember correctly. March goes back to uh, Mars. April, I forget April, I forget May. June goes back to uh, the, uh, the goddess Juno. Uh, which was the, the protector of Rome. January, uh, February, March, April, May, June. July goes back to uh, Julius Caesar. August going back to Augustus Caesar. January, um, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Uh, September is actually Latin for scepter, meaning seven. Like if, if somebody, if a woman has seven kids or a, a puppy has seven pups, they would call them at one time, uh, a birthing them at one time. They were called septuplets. That's sept, meaning seven. Um, and you go back and, and, and in the Spanish language, you have what, uno, dos, tres, seis, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete. That siete or sept, meaning seven, where September actually denotes the seventh month of the year. Then you have um, octave, October, which is like an octopus, has eight arms. Um, a stop sign is an octagon having eight sides. Um, uh, ocho, uh, in, in, in Spanish being uh, eight, going back to the Latin of oct, which means um, eight. So October meaning the eighth month. All right. Then we have uh, November, uh, going back to uh, uh, Nuna, if, I, if I'm saying it correctly, um, uh, meaning nine, going back to Nueve. And then uh, you have December, deci, like a decimeter, um, actually being the tenth month that those are the original numbers of the months of the year, September being the seventh month, October being the tenth month, November being the ninth month, and December actually being the tenth month. Now, going by that original number, going by that, that original um, time frame, before the Romans came and changed it, that was placed what we know as January as what? The 11th month. That was placed what we know as February as what? The 12th month. That would bring us into what? March, April. And in March, we have what? The springtime, where everything is new, everything is fresh, everything's coming back out again, that the winter is not over and we're coming to the spring. <clears throat> that that is the original timings of the year that God laid out from the very beginning. But that during the time of this seventh king, or this fourth kingdom, 
that we're reading about in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Um, let, me, let me pull that up again. Uh, forgive me, I got, I got to get my phone here. Yeah, one of the prophecies about the fourth kingdom was going to be that, let me get my head straight. Yeah, one of the prophecies about the fourth kingdom that was seen in Daniel's vision um, was going to be that the, when the Roman Empire actually did come into power, when the Roman Empire actually actually became the, the, the world power, the dominant force in the world, that one of the things that they would do, that we would recognize them for they are, is that they would change times and laws. So here we have Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And remember, Daniel was during the time of the, of the um, Babylonians and the Persian Medes. Um, that that's when he actually lived. So to, to prophesy that when the Romans were coming to power was 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 around uh, 225 BC to 25 BC that Daniel was long dead before the actual Romans came into power. But to actually prophesy of what they were going to be doing, Daniel was given a prophecy or that that future prediction from his time from the Lord God. So in Daniel chapter seven verse 25. It says, and he shall speak great words against the Most High. And the great words that were spoken by this fourth kingdom, being the Romans, against the Most High, was the iconoclasm, was uh, changing of all the dark images and icons that the Israelites had left of them, that we had left of ourselves all over Europe, all over uh, Israel, um, that they would come in and they would start to, to, to iconoclast, or they would come in and such a whitewash, all the dark image that we, we had left of ourselves, of our history and everything, and now they would start to whitewash those and now assert themselves as them being us. They would, they would, they would bring in a lot of the pagan uh, uh, practices, a lot of the pagan uh, religions uh, under Constantine and, and, and merge them with, quote-unquote, Christianity. Um, that these are a lot of things that were done. So it says, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And with all the lies and the tortures, the, um, uh, the Inquisition, um, uh, the persecution of the Jews from, from, from Nero uh, th- throughout history, that they wore us out with all their lies and their relentless um, uh, uh, doctrines and their education and their perspectives of, of, of religion, on politics, on, on life, on, on everything, as well as them inserting themselves into our history books. Now God is white. Abraham is white. Moses is white. Um, uh, Aaron is white. Miriam is white. Uh, Samson is white. Um, uh, David is white. Uh, that now everybody in the Bible is white, and now the true people of the Bible, the true Israelites, being those of us, uh, so-called uh, Negro uh, and Native American descent, whether it's North or South America, here in the Western Hemisphere, that now we associate the Bible and our history with white people. So 
We've been wore out from all the lies that have been taught to us and spoon-fed to us. And it says, reading on, and think to change times and laws. And, and just as I give the example, that th- this fourth kingdom of Caucasian rulership, it ha- they have changed times and laws. So I um, just went through, through that, hopefully briefly, um, uh, for, to give some recognition that when it says here in Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 26, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, also on the seventh day of the seventh month, there should be a day of atonement. So the, seventh, the, the, the month with God began with the new moon. All right? That's how Israelites, uh, the Israelite calendar, the Hebrew calendar, uh, recognized the beginning of month. was by the new moon. Matter of fact, the word month comes from the word moon. So, and, and, and we did acknowledge, uh, as Israelites, we did acknowledge the, the moon. And that's why, uh, even when they show you some, some like old, old movies or westerns or whatever, how, how the Native Americans, they try to do it in mockery, but they, they denote how even the Native Americans, uh, the, the tribes of Gad and uh, Reuben, how they mark time, how they would say many moons ago, there was many moons uh, that this took place. And many moons, uh, they, they would mark even their age by how many, uh, by, by the moons and stuff like that. That that is how the Hebrews, that's how we as Hebrews, had marked time by using the moon as uh, for the beginning of, of month, and, and therefore uh, how many years would elapse. So when it says here in the seventh month, or the tenth day of the seventh month, is according to the, the the seventh month or the seventh new moon uh, from from the new moon of the year. And the new moon of the year was 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 always the, the first new moon after the first uh, leaf uh, sprang forth in the springtime. That after the, the first leaf would, would, would be marked, that would be the beginning of spring, and then from that first new moon, that would be the beginning of month. And then we would mark time from there, uh, the, the rest of the year, from the months of whenever the new moon appeared. So on the seventh new moon, um, and on the, uh, the tenth day of the seventh month, was the Day of Atonement. <coughs> okay? It was the Day of Atonement. Now let me see if I, if I have it here. The definition of atonement. All right, cool. So I'm reading in, uh, brothers and sisters, from the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. The Webster's uh, 1828 Dictionary. I'm reading for the, the definition of the word atonement. Right? And atonement is an agreement, a concord, a reconciliation after enmity or controversy. So to have the day of atonement was a day of agreement. Now, for us as Israelites, this is, this, this is important. And yes, Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not negating the role of Christ being the atonement for the nation of Israel. I'm not negating that at all uh, uh, in his sacrifice and how we have to even now be, quote, unquote, washed in his blood, uh, baptized in his blood, or washed in the blood of the lamb, him being the, that lamb. But the, 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 and the ritual of the animal sacrifices being done away with in Christ. But the action of us being in agreement with the Lord God, us being in concord with the Lord God, us being in reconciliation after enmity or controversy with the Lord God. That for we as Hebrew Israelites, this was very important to us. Right? This was very important to us to, to rehearse these type of things that, because we weren't getting it. 
we, we, we weren't really understanding. So it, it, it took Christ. It's taking Christ having to be the sacrifice for us, for us to now to, to, to purge our conscience from dead works, for, to purge our conscience from holding grudges, to pur- purge our conscience from whereas the animals didn't purge our consciousness. The animals didn't give us a, a, a heart of flesh, as it says in the scriptures, to be mindful that the choices that we make, something had to die. That instead of it being my pride or my lust uh, being put to death, that I fed on, I went with my feelings, I went with my lust, I went with my uh, uh, justification to, to make whatever choices that were made, and it was in those choices that we got separated from the Lord our God. It was in those choices that it pushed God away. Like if you have two magnets and you turn them uh, against each other, no matter how hard you try and push them together, they're never going to join. That they're going to push each other away. That for the choices we as Israelites kept making, that it was pushing God away from us and not pulling the Lord God creator to us, not attracting him to us. Like when you turn magnets in, in, uh, uh, in the right way and that, that attraction where we pull them closer together. And depending on, on, on how, how, how strong that attraction is or the magnetism is, you won't be able to get them apart. That, that if they're turned the right way, they will attract one another, and that bond, you forget about it. You're not going to get in between that bond. Nothing is going to get in between that bond, but how strong that attraction is. So for the Lord God to give us a day of atonement, a day of agreement, and uh, you know, just just off, off, off the cuff, real quick. We'll go to the book of Amos, chapter three, and verse three. Um, this is what it says: it says "Can't two walk together except they be agreed?" And that is something. This this is a message to the, uh, from the Lord God to the nation of Israel: that how can we walk together if we don't agree? So for the Lord God to give us yearly this day. To where now there's things we could do to show God we're in agreement with him in order to be able to come together. That, that just lends to, to, to the expression, the long suffering of the Lord God. That for him every year that he set this, this day aside, that we could actually now be in agreement with him. That we could be in concord with him. That we can now reconcile with him. And reconcile with him after enmity. Now, I, I like the definition that, that, that Webster's giving us. It says that there can be a reconcil- reconciliation after enmity. What were some of the things that caused enmity? Well, let's go to the book of James real quick. When we look to the book of James, chapter 4, and verse 4, the book of James, chapter 4, and verse 4, uh, we're going to read down and read this. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So contrary to what we might learn through religion, contrary to what we might have learned through through uh, quote-unquote being politically correct or, or quote-unquote etiquette, that in dealing with God, God is calling the Israelites adulterers and adulteresses. Um, in, in the spiritual sense, 
and that God is not our God, that we don't that that we are now committing adultery on God by what? By uh, having a friendship of the world. That as long as we are having a friendship with this world and the traditions and the things and the customs of this world, that that that's got us in in, in our relationship with, with the Lord God, the Creator, has us in His eyes as an adulterer, in His eyes as an adulteress, um, and it has us at enmity with God. That there is literally is a war between us and God. That there is no attraction. There's actually a, 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 a rejection. There's actually a repelling away from, from, from one another because of the choices that we make, that most of our choices are based on what the world agrees with, but not what God agrees with. So to give us this day of atonement where we can now come back and be in agreement, to give us the day of atonement where we can come back and be at a court, uh, concord, a reconciliation after enmity or controversy. And where is this enmity? And, and this, 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 this war and this controversy coming from, let's go to the book of Hosea, chapter 4. Let's go to the book of Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 6. The book of Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 6. The book of Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 6. And it reads, um, actually, verse 1, I'm sorry. Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 1. Hosea, chapter 4, and verse 1, forgive me. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, and it reads, Here's the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. So, again, this is the Lord speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to our nation. Um, and he says, For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. So, again, to have an atonement means what? The actual literal definition of atonement is an agreement, a concord, a reconciliation after enmity or controversy. We're reading here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, that the Lord has a controversy with the Israelites. He had a, as a controversy with us as Israelites. One, we have a friendship with the world, that we, that we still are in agreement with the things the world does, and, that, and if we're in agreement with the things the world does, that means we're against the things that God does, that we agree with the judgments and the ways uh, of the world, then obviously we're going to have a problem or issue with how God does things because God does things totally separate and opposite of how the world does things. So here he's telling us again, Hosea chapter 4, verse 1, here's the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Now, let me try to find this real quick. Um, When he says that there's no truth in the land, then what does God mean by there's no truth in the land? Because, you know, one thing that, that's pushed um, uh, these days is well, everybody's got their own truth. You got your truth, so I got my truth. If we go by that saying alone, if we go by that saying that you got your truth and I've got my truth, then, then obviously God must have his truth then. If, 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 if that's, if, if we're going to take that, that, that line of thinking, we're going to take that, that, that line of logic, that everybody's got their own truth. So you got your truth, and I've got my truth, and they've got their truth. If we're going to take that line of thinking, then 
we have to say, well, the Lord God has his truth then. That now he's announced to the Israelites that he has a controversy with, with the Israelites, with the inhabitants of the land, because there's no truth. So, coming back now to Psalm, and now I'm going to Psalm chapter 119, verse 142. Now I'm going to Psalm chapter 119, verse 142. And it reads, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. So when we come back to Hosea, chapter 4, verse 1, and it says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth. Well, what is God's truth? His law. What is God's truth? His way of doing things. That part of the controversy that, that God has with Israel and the inhabitants of the land is that nobody is following God's truth, which is what? His law. Which is what? His way of doing things. That that's part of the controversy that he's had. So for a whole year with the Israelites, that we found ourselves in, 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 a, in situations. Well, now, we weren't following God's truth or God's laws, but we were following our own senses, um, our own justifications, our own judgments, or we were following the ways of the world, how everybody else in the world was doing things, but we weren't following the way God does things. Then God, in his long suffering and in his mercy, has given the Israelites this day of atonement, as well as, and this is before he even gave John 3, 16, he even gave us his son in his love. To give us a point that we might be able to be reconciled and reconciliated with the Heavenly Father. That leading up to that to this point, He gave us a day of atonement. For us now to us to amend our ways, for us now to repent and now be in agreement with God, with the Creator. Being one concord with the Most High. To reconcile after enmity or controversy with the Most High. Then now here's a chance for us to cool. Let's start over. And now let's start from here. Y'all, I'm giving y'all another chance now. To start, that he's giving the Israelites another chance for us to start doing right by him. He had he'd been giving us the, the, the physical, technical days of atonement, which the sacrificing of the sheep, the scapegoats, what have you. But now he's actually giving us the, and, and now through Christ, the shedding of his blood, for us now to come back now for us to be hurt and, 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 and be about his righteousness, being about his law. Sounds like you're back with us, Brother uh, Gabar. Uh, yes, sir. All right, cool, 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 cool. Um, um, I, 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 uh, I know you you had me also get the uh, the definition of, of atonement, and I, right. I I did I did get that. I I know that you probably have already went over uh, uh, one of the, uh, the the definitions of um, of atonement, and I actually had I had a, another one. Um, All right, cool, cool. Which uh, it was uh, atonement, um, the repentance or reparation for an offense 
or injury. Um, bring it out. Bring it record, out. Expound on it. Uh, the, well, the repentance part is is the is the part where it 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 it's connected to the um, afflicting afflicting your 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 soul. Meaning you're you're repenting. You're you're sincerely. Um, Sorrowful or sorry, apologetic, um, acknowledging, acknowledging that you did cause an offense, or you did, you you are uh, guilty of an offense, or a trespass, or an injury, to actually in the in the holy convocation of the day of atonement uh, to the heavenly Father, sinning sinning against the heavenly Father. And uh, the reparation, the the repair, to repair the relationship between you and the Heavenly Father, um, the reconciliation. Uh, this is the second, um, the second definition: the reconciliation of God through the sacrificial death of Christ. Um, so. Uh, I guess in in, in the uh, reconciliation, which means to to bring back together, um, right. to to the, the agreement, the the you know when you become concurrent, you know which is <laughs> um, that's a word uh, that means you're in agreement, um, and you have uh, decided to uh, reconcile. Uh, reconcile your relationship and 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 take atonement, which is repentance or reparation for the offenses in, that you've done against the heavenly Father in 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 this past year, I guess. So the basically uh, atonement, repentance or reparation for an offense or injury. Um, the reconciliation of God through the sacrificial death of Christ. And, and, and thank you for that, but that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. And that, 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 that expounding was, was, was right on time. Yes. That this is what the Day of Atonement was established uh, to us for Israel, that we had separated um, from the Lord our God, and now this was our opportunity for us to be able to come back together and reconcile or as, even as the word implies, the word atonement is actually is, 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 is two words, meaning at one. That, that the, 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 the origin or the etymology of the word atonement is to be at one. So to be able to come back and be in agreement or reconciliation or uh, that place where we can repair our relationships with the Father, that this, this was the purpose of the day of atonement, that now we can come back and now make things right, become be back at one with the Father. <clears throat> with that being said, um, brother, would you mind getting Isaiah chapter fifty nine and verse two, the book of Isaiah chapter fifty nine and verse two? Yes, sir. Isaiah chapter fifty nine and verse verse two, two. verse two. <clears throat> Thank you. 
59 and uh, verse 2, and it reads, um, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Cool. So it gets to the point. Um, um, it keeps getting to the point, or especially for Israelites while we're in, in the promised land, that it says that our iniquities have causes separation between us and our God, the nation of Israel, and follow our iniquities and follow the ways of the world and follow the ways of the nations around us, um, causing that enmity, like we just read in, uh, in James chapter 4, verse 4. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? That as we were trying to do the, the ways uh, of the world, um, celebrate the pagan, the pagan customs of the world, to think and address and to be like them, to be common, like everybody else in the world, where God wants us to be separate and above everything in the world, that in our desire, in our judgment-making, in our decision-making, to do things the way people of the world do things, that that separated the nation of Israel from the Lord our God. And that our sins have hid his face from, from us that he will not hear our prayers because of our sins. Now, uh, obviously, let's, let's, let's get that real quick. Let's get uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Let's get the book of 1 John chapter 3, and verse 4. What is sin? Uh, yeah, we, 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 just, we, we just read in Psalm 119, verse 142, that God's law is the truth, that God's righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and that God's law is the truth. That he, that's where he had a controversy with us because he said there's no truth, no mercy, no knowledge of God in the land. We didn't finish that whole verse, Hosea 4 and 1. But in having no truth, we don't have God's law. So our decision-making have, have, has led to our iniquities, to having been separated from us, and our sins have hid his face from us. Now, what, does it mean? what is sin? First John chapter 3, verse 4. First John chapter 3 and verse 4. And it reads, And every man that hath this hope in him first, first, purifies first John? First John? First, uh, Yes, sir. First, first, oh, okay, that's 2. I'm sorry. No, that's 3. First John chapter 3. That, and that verse, forget it. 3 and for sin is transgression oh, okay. of the law? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I started at three. I'm, I'm sorry. It's a lot of okay, talking about, it's, 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 we're talking about the David Thomas, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I'm, I'm trying to make it there, bro. Believe me. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. We, we, me too. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm, I'm, you know, I pray that the Heavenly Father, you know, Allows me to atone. Atone. Um, anyway, First um, John three and verse four, uh, it says, "Whosoever committeth sin transgress, transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law." So we're finding out uh, from reading the Bible and using the Bible to define the Bible that sin is the transgression of the law. So when we come back now and, 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 and we're reading Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2, when it says, but your iniquities 
has separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You're not understanding that sin is what, Brother Gabar? The transgression of the law. Or that, as we look at it, that whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So if we break God's law, that makes us sinners. Right? If we break God's law, that makes us sinners. No different than in, in America. If you break the, the, the laws established by America, they'll call you what? A, the Americans will call you a criminal because you're going against the laws of America. Well, God didn't call us criminals. God said if we break his law, that makes a person a sinner. Does that make sense to anybody? And in our decision-making, that we would now make decisions that will go against God's law, that causes separation between us and our God. That now we, 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 we didn't use his laws, his statutes, his, his way of thinking, his judgment. We didn't keep that in the forefront of our mind. That as we made decisions purely based on emotions, purely based on our feelings, or just purely based on seeing how the rest of the world, the rest of the nation, live their lives, that caused the separation. That has been the cause of a lot of separation between us and the Lord our God. And now, to give us the Day of Atonement, every year, up until Christ came, that every year we, he'd give us another chance. From, from Moses, and, and they said that Moses was, was approximately 1,500 years, uh, approximately, not, not exact, that Moses was approximately 1,500 years before Christ. Does that compute at all, brother and sister, when you think about that? If Moses was 1,500 years before Christ, every year between Moses and Christ, that's what, 1,500 times? We were given to get shit right. You see my language. <laughs> I'm saying that, especially now, coming from, from the aspect of being a father with, 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 <laughs> with, with grown children now. And I go back and I think about how many, how many breaks, how many chances as a parent if I look at how I raised my oldest kids, they got they got discipline at every little thing, and they they have no problem telling you that <laughs> that that for every little the slightest offense, there was going to be uh, you know uh, push ups. Uh, they would have their nose in, in 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 some some corner, um, wall sits that for for the slightest of things, and. Now, to come back and look at my younger children, that some of the things they get away with, my older children like, man, they get away with murder. That, that, and, you know, you hear that also with, with, with kids looking at how a parent who now becomes a grandparent now deals with the grandchildren. They're like, who are you? Where's this nice guy when we were coming up? Right. Where's this? Where's this? This 
how, how come every time you come in the door, you got money for the grandkids? But when when I was your child, <laughs> you had you had bubble gum and and ass whoopings, and you always ran out of bubble gum. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but to come back now and 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 think about how many how many chances, how many breaks. Uh, how, how many um, uh, atonements and trying to make things right to try to mend the relationship that now even even with my older kids trying trying to mend some of the relationships with them um, and with the young kids not to be so so uh, stern if I want to use that word not to be so austere. And really trying to trying to keep a good relationship or a form or forge a good relationship with them, that to come back now and experience these things now as a father, I can now just start to scratch the the surface of understanding that for fifteen hundred years, that's one thousand five hundred times, God was doing this with the Israelites every single year. Okay, we we we've had disputes. I you threw a temper tantrum. I had to get up on you. Give me now. Let's make it right. All right, cool. Let, 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 let's, let's, it's, a, it's a brand new year. It's a brand new day. And it's funny how people can make New Year's resolutions. And for a New Year's resolution, that 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 makes sense. But to come back and now to want to make things back right with the Father, to make things back right with God, that's religious. That's stupid. That's 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 idiotic. That's that's ludicrous. Come on, y'all. We want to hold a grudge. We want to hold on to anger. Not understanding that this was the mercy, the long-suffering of the Father, the long-suffering of, of the Most High, that every single year he provided us this opportunity to be able to make things right with him, and we, and we rejected it to where he had to send his son to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to try and give us a conscience. Stop doing those things that keep separating. No parent wants to be separated from their child. Not one. No parent wants to think that their children hate them. And what a parent won't do what, to, to, to try and make things good, try and make things right. That even if, if, if a parent was real stern on, on, on the child, I don't want you to grow up weak in this world. You got to be strong in this world or this world is going to eat you up. So even in that dynamic, it wasn't just to destroy the child. And even trying to get a child not to be uh, so emotional because of, of, of the consequences of being in white America, of being in, 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 in Confederate white, white power, white privilege America, that if you're emotional, they will, they will destroy you. If you're emotional, they will, they, they will take every last advantage of you they possibly can. 
that this is what, what parents were faced with. So we had those extremes to parents coming back and, and, and spoiling and coddling the shit out of their kids to where kids have grown up with a sense of entitlement, that they're just entitled to every, whatever whining thing they want, they get. All in, 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 with, with, with the hope that we can have a good relationship now, that you won't hate me, that you might get to a point where you understand I love you. That again, I look at these dynamics now as as, as a 52, 53 year old man, and and not having experience raising children to to, to adulthood. And believe you me, I, I look back at a lot of mistakes I have made. I'm not going to sit and say I've been perfect. I'm not even going to say that at all. I can look at relationships as we get into this class um, that I've ruined a lot of relationships in the way that I carried myself and, and wanted to be able to make things right and wanted to be able to make things good. That I know that the, the depths of what I personally um, consciously tried to do and to now understand that the father was trying to do this with me and the nation of Israel the whole time. Just get right. Just do right. And doing right don't mean you keep doing what's right by what you feel, what you think, what you see. Do things the right way that I'm showing you. Do things the way I'm trying to guide you. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I was angry at you. And we know, um, real, real quick, uh, give me Hebrews, uh, what is that? 5 and 12? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12? Come on. Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 5 and uh, verse 12. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it reads, for when, for the time, no, you no, ought no, to I'm be... Sorry. 12, 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 5 And it reads And ye have forgotten the exhortation Which speaketh unto you As unto children My son despise not thou The chastening of the Lord Nor faint when thou art rebuked Of him For the Lord loveth He chasteneth And scourgeth Every son whom he receiveth. That it, it, it will be reminded. God only chastises the ones he loves. Not abuse. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, you know, he, he comes and gives black eyes and, and breaks bones and breaks cheeks and breaks eye, eye, eye sockets and, and, and takes an iron or a cigar and burns people. I'm not, I'm not saying to that extreme. But God only chastises the ones he loves. Because he wants to see them do better. He wants them to make better decisions. That he created everything. He truly does know how everything works. So you can't make decisions based on your feelings. You can't make decisions based on just how you see it or how you feel or your own perspective. We have to make our decisions based on God's judgment, based on God's laws. He made everything. And for us not to do those things, yeah, we make him angry. Yes, we made him, made him abhor us. He gets to a point where, yeah, like we just read in Isaiah 59 verse 2, he literally hid his face. Who, who wants to see somebody destroy themselves? 
who wants to watch somebody literally destroy themselves when I, 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 I love you? I'm not going to sit here and watch you destroy yourself. And I'm going to try, I'm trying to give you every chance I can, do everything I can for you to make a better decision. That now, I'm not going to sit here and keep watching you destroy yourself. I'm not going to sit here and keep watching you make these decisions. I'm not going to do I'm going to hide my face. I, I didn't create, when I created you, from Genesis, the first chapter, when I made everything, I saw that it was good. And now you, you're coming like this, and you want me to accept this as good? You want me to, 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 to acknowledge or think, or, or we're supposed to compromise? For you to tell me that the way you're living now, this is good? I gave you the promised land. I gave you paradise. I gave you the promised land. I, I made you to be like fine gold. And now you want me to see you living in a cardboard box out here on the street and be happy that you got a cardboard box out here on the street that is it's your own? No. And I'm giving you chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. That is the love of the Father for, for the nation of Israel, which is truly amazing. Which is truly amazing. So I'm going to reread Isaiah 59 verse 2. It says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That us not know he's not hearing our prayers because we still are in our sins. We're still doing things by what we think is right, by how we feel, and it's not according to what God says is right. It's still our, our decision making is still based on how people in the world make their decisions and it's not based on the laws, statutes, commandments, or judgments of the Heavenly Father. So yes, he is not hiding his face from us. He ain't trying to see this. So God is your protector, and we keep sinning and keep leaning to our own iniquities. Remember, one of the sinners for iniquities is opinions. I keep leaning to my own opinion, so now I keep committing sins. God says he's hiding his face from them. Now, if he's supposed to be our protector and he's hiding his face, then how can he protect you? How is he protecting you? And, 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 and how many of us feel that loneliness? How many feel that pit and, 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 and or feel that hole that there's something missing? Maybe we need to come back and make sure that all of our decision-making, every decision we make, is based on what God wants. Regardless of how it makes us feel. So we can know we have God on our side. So we know that the Father's going to be there with us. But we have to get, get his attention again. He didn't turn his back on us. For, come on. If 1,500 years from Moses to Christ, I'm not, I'm, it, it's going to get to a point where we're going to start be doing good for a minute before he's, he's actually going to turn and actually listen to us now. We're going to have to be doing things the way Christ said do things, where Christ can now call our, God's attention to us. Remember, St. John 14 and 6, Christ said what? 
No man comes to the Father but by me. In another scripture, I think it's Matthew, uh, uh, Christ said that he's going. if we confess Christ to the world, then he will confess us to the Father. Then now, if we're not doing things the way Christ did things, and I'm not talking about Christianity. I ain't talking about the Christian church. I'm talking about believing on Christ as the scripture says and doing things the way the scripture says do things so that Christ can now avouch for us. Christ can now be that mediator for us to get God's attention. That now we really are making our decisions and our choices and we're molding and patterning our thought pattern to Christ's thought pattern. That's why the scripture tells us what? We now have the mind of Christ. We do. We can read the scriptures and see how would Christ do things? How would Christ judge things? How would the Most High judge things? How would he do things? What type of decisions? WWJD. What would Jesus do? We can now go back into the scriptures now as Hebrew Israelites and see what's the right decision, regardless of how I'm feeling. The right decision based on how would Christ handle it? What is the mind of Christ? How can we know the mind of Christ if we never study? How can we know the mind of Christ that we don't make, start making decisions based on how he does things before we make decisions? There's no way we know the mind of Christ. These are the things that have separated us between us and our God. So we're now, we as Hebrew Israelites, even going back from the days we came out of Egypt, God has set up or established a day of atonement for us. That's cool. We went off the path. We messed up. And Again, in his mercy. Brother Gabar, do you know scripture that where it says adjustment falls seven times? Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 24. Verse sixteen. Uh, Proverbs chapter twenty four and verse. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16, and it reads, For a just man followed seven times and up again. But, so it, it, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. So it tells you, even a just man does what? Fall. God understands. Again, in his mercy, in his love. Cool. We're going to make a mistake. As much as everybody's got this thing in their mind, ain't nobody perfect. Okay. That doesn't mean that you stop trying. Especially with scriptures like this. A just man falls seven times. But what does that just man do? He keeps getting up and trying to make it right. But it says the wicked do what? The wicked shall fall into mischief. Yeah, the wicked is going, okay, well, I messed up, so I, 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 cause I ain't perfect. Fuck it. 
I'm not even going to try. It was a waste of time. Maybe I'm not an Israelite. I'm not, maybe, maybe I'm not worth it. Maybe I'm just too messed up. That, 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 that's a wicked mindset. Because now we're not considering God's love to even give us the Day of Atonement every year. Just make it right, get right, start doing right. Let's start over. Right. Um, and in that scripture, the understanding is, well, what makes him just? Uh, what, what makes a just, a, just man, uh, a just man that falls, <laughs> what makes him just is that he keeps getting up. He keeps trying. And, you know, with the Heavenly Father deciding whether or not you get up, that shows in grace. The, the Heavenly Father giving us that opportunity to get back up and try again. It, it, when we were children, if, if, if you learn how to ride a bike, most of us, you, 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 after the training wheels were taken off, you fell a couple times. But what got a person to the point where they could ride, ride their bike with no hands? What got a person where they could ride a bike and, and, and ride a wheelie? They have all, all the fall, skateboarding. Even just walking. How many times does a toddler fall, an infant fall, before he starts walking? Does that, every time that, that infant falls, does he get mad and angry and start crying and, and, and throwing a fit? He's got a goal. In his infant mind, he has a goal. He might fall, but he gets right back up. And we as parents, when we see that, we're happy. When we as parents see that, it, it gives us that joy that they're not giving up, that, that, that they're getting that sense of accomplishment. This is the Father. This is the Lord God with the nation of Israel. But we, we, we get to these points where now we figure, it's just, I've, I've done too much. I can never be forgiven, so I'm not even going to try no more. where he gave us this Day of Atonement every single year. Even up until Christ getting here. And even Christ getting here, it, Christ is the atonement. For us to what? Get up and keep trying. Get up and keep trying. Christ died for my sins. So I can do what? Not just keep sinning and, and stay on the ground. He died for my sins for me to get up and keep trying. He didn't die for me to keep sinning. He didn't die for me to keep doing things my way. He didn't die so I, so I could keep doing, how, just doing things the way I feel. He died so as, as I could keep trying to do right by the Father. I keep trying to live the way he wants me to live. That's why Christ died. Not for me to stay in my sin. He died for me to re repent. So we can change. Right? 
From there, moving on, uh, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31. Uh, unless you get anything you want to bring out, Ox. No, no, sir. Um, you said Ezekiel uh, chapter 33, verse 31. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 31. Right. Come on. And it it reads, And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. Cool. So, again, part, part of the separation that we have with the Father, that's to separate us between us and our God, the God of the Bible, is that we'll hear the words, but we won't do them. But we keep following after our own covetousness. But we, uh, uh, you know, the covet means a strong desire to want something. So instead of hearing God's words and doing God's words, we continue to follow what we want, what we covet, what we desire. Whether it goes against God's words, God's law, God's ways, or not. And it's that very mindset that it makes it necessary that there is a day of atonement. It makes it necessary for, again, for the, if the slate to be wiped so that we can become back at one. We can be in agreement. We can reconcile. We can repair the breach that's, that's, that, that has happened between us and the Father in order to make things right, in order to get things back right with him. And even David understood this. Even David understood that it really wasn't about the animal sacrifices. It wasn't about that at all. Uh, can we get to that real quick? Psalm chapter 51, verse 16, 16 and 17. Psalm oh. chapter 51, verses 16 and 17. <clears throat> Psalms chapter 51, starting at uh, verse 16 and 17. 16 and 17. <clears throat> and it reads, and it reads, for thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a, broke, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. So even David understood this. Now bringing David up, because if we look at David's track record, David was not by, David by far was, was was by far not by far a perfect man. David was not a perfect man. Uh, he had Uriah killed. He committed adultery first. He had Uriah killed, murdered, executed, and then he even came back and um, uh, he held the census on some real power tripping type prideful type of, 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 of notion. But why did God not kill him? We know that the, the, the sentence for adultery and murder, that's why executed, 
That's death. But why did God have mercy on, on David? Because David got to the fact and understanding of what? It was not about the animal sacrifices. It was about a, a, a person breaking the spirit in them. It was about a person having a heart broke. Again, we know that word heart in the Bible means your mind, your motivation. That whatever's been motivating you to do wrong according to God, you break that. That that is put to death. Not the actual physical putting of death. Because we know, real quick, I, I, I still keep saying that. Um, we're going to the book of Ezekiel. Go back to Ezekiel. Yeah, we're going to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 18, verse 23. Ezekiel, chapter 18. And what was the verse one more time, sir? Verse 23. Ezekiel, chapter 18, and verse. 23. And it reads, Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? Saith the Lord God, and not that he would that he should return from his ways and live. So God is again in his mercy, in his love. God doesn't have any pleasure in the wicked dying. But what does give him pleasure from this verse right here? That we as wicked people, that we do what? Same. That we should return from our way of doing things. Right. And start doing things the way Father wants things done. Start judging things the way God judges things. That's what give God, gives the most high pleasure. So even David understood this in Psalm 51, verse 16 to 17, that it wasn't about the animal sacrifices. But that it's that thing that's in us that drives us, that, in, that inner motivation. Some people might call it ambition. Some people might call it uh, feelings or, or, or intuition or, or whatever it might be. But that that is sacrificed in order to do things the way God wants things done, in order to do, do things the way Christ does things. That that part of me is put to death. Just like it, it wasn't about, again, the animal sacrifice, the lambs or the sheep or the bullocks or the goats or the turtledoves that they were put to death and their blood was shed. It wasn't about that. It was about I, had, I developed a conscience that because of my decision-making and how I made my decisions, innocent animals had to be put to death. Innocent animals had to shed blood. Something had to die because of my decision-making. So it was never about the animals. Why don't I just kill or put down my own thoughts? I got to get this real quick. Not a problem, sir. Why don't I just go ahead and just put down my own thoughts? 
so that the animals don't have to die, but my covenant, as we just read in Hebrews chapter 33, verse 31, that the thing I covet, the thing I want, let me put that to death, then the animals don't have to die. And when we didn't get that message, didn't get that understanding, Christ had to die. So now let that be on my conscience. To stop following after what I want. And let me start doing things the way the Father wants me to do things. The way Christ wants me to do things. And let me not just be a hearer of God's word, but now let me become a doer of God's word. Because the truth of the matter is, God does not have any pleasure that the wicked should die, but that the wicked should forsake his way and return and follow the Lord and live. Which takes a lot of what? Humility. From there, we go to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. Time is about to elapse on us. We'll come up on that, 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 uh, uh, that two-hour mark. I promise y'all that this time is going to me so quick. This time is going so quick. Uh, but the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. The book of James, chapter 4, verse 6. And it reads, But he gave us more grace. Wherefore he says, like, That's James chapter 4. Let's go back to James chapter 4 and verse 4, and we're going to read through 6. Because we read 4, 4 earlier. We read James chapter 4, verse 4 earlier. I want to return back there, and we're going to start with four again, but we're going to be down. So the book of James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, The adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Okay? Verse 5, do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us rushes to envy? That it's about us wanting to keep up with the Joneses, or that that I got to have more. I got to have. I got to have what I want. From I had this dream, so because I had this dream, I got to chase this dream. Because I had this feeling, this intuition, I got I got to have this thing. That that I, I got to have these things that I want. And I'm going to pursue these things that I want. I'm not going to anybody stop me from what I want. Not even God Himself. And it's that mentality and that mindset that has God separated from us. Reading on. Verse 6 now, he says, but he give us more grace. All right, cool. So whereas we have made ourselves the enemy of God by pursuing what we want, <clears throat> by pursuing our heart's desire, by, 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 by following our own dreams, we've made God an enemy. We've made God separate from us. We've made God hide his face from us. David understood that. But what did David do? David broke himself. You know, uh, like you said, you better check yourself before you write yourself. Right. David checked, he checked himself. And it was in, in that action, God gave more grace. The most I gave more grace because those sins that David committed was punishable by death. The the judgment for those sins, adultery, was not only was David supposed to die, so was so was um, uh, Bathsheba. 
Just in that alone, those two should be put to death. Then he had a husband murdered, thou shalt not kill? And he had, he had Uriah killed? Yeah. All those should have had him put to death. But David broke himself. So now come back and read it in James chapter 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6, and it reads, But he giveth more grace, whereof he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Just like those two magnets. If the magnets are turned the wrong way, no matter how hard you try and make them touch, you can feel that resistance. When we're proud, and I'm going to keep that, this is my opinion, and this, this is how I see it, and I'm going to do it my way, that's what God resists us. But he said he gives more grace to the proud. I'm sorry, he gives more grace to the humble. Oh, forgive me. He gives more grace to the humble. Real quick, from the Worldwide, from the World Web Dictionary, and I heard the, the, the time, we're about to get up out of here. I don't want anybody to get in trouble. From the World Web Dictionary, the definition of grace is a disposition, uh, a disposition to kindness and compassion. So, what gets the Most High in a, in a position to be more kind and compassionate is not when we're being proud and well, this is my opinion, this is how I see it, and I ain't gonna let nobody <coughs> tell me different. You ain't going to tell me I'm not seeing what I'm saying. I'm feeling what I'm feeling. And I'm just, this is, you do you, boo, and I'm going to do me. That's not going to give you the grace of God. That's not going to put God in a position of kindness and to be compassionate towards what you might be going through if we take on that mentality, if we take on that thought concept. From the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, I got it right here. From the Webster's 1828 Dictionary, the definition of, of grace, definition number one, says favor, goodwill, kindness, a disposition to oblige another as a grant made uh, as an act of grace. So, you know, from the Webster's Dictionary, what will get God in a position to want to give you favor? to want to uh, have goodwill towards you, to want to be kind to you, to be in a disposition to oblige you. It's not when, when we are prideful or in a state of pro being proud that this is how I see it, this is my opinion, and that's all there is to it, but when we are humble, right? When we are humble. Um, two, two, more, two more definitions, and, and, and we're going to end this class. The definition of resist, right? The definition of resist, number one, means to literally stand against, to withstand, hence, to act in opposition or to oppose. A dam. So, what has God resisting us, separating us, and a, and a place where we become God's enemy is when we're proud. 
I'm going to hold on to my way of doing things no matter what. This is me. And if you don't like me for who I am, then the hell with you. To have that type of mentality. If you don't love me for who I am, then I don't need your love. We, we, take, that, we take that mentality with God. <coughs> when we say things like, nobody can judge me, you can't judge me, I'm going to do me, you do you, that's us being proud. And that's how we make sure God's not going to resist us. That's how we make sure God's going to stand against us. That's how we make sure God's going to withstand. That's when we make sure God's going to, God is going to act in opposition to us as Israelites. But see that God is going to give that grace, that disposition to kindness, that disposition to compassion to, to the humble. Definition of humble, to be made low, abased, rendered meek and submissive, penitent. That when we stop following our own covetousness, our own minds, what we want, how we see it, what we think, what we feel, and we're made low, abased. When we are rendered meek and submissive, and penitent. That's when the Father is dealing with us as Israelites. That's what giving that grace. Last scripture. Um, give me Psalm chapter 35 verse 13 real quick, if you're still there. This is going to be the last scripture. We're going we're gonna to end it. Psalm chapter 35 verse 13. Psalms chapter 35 and verse 13. <clears throat> and it reads, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. So here we get an example, a, a physical example of how to humble yourself. That you humble your soul with fasting. Remember, David told us in Psalm 51, verse 16 and 17, that the sacrifice of the most high are what? A broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. So the way we humble ourselves, a way that we humble ourselves, is by fasting. So for the Day of Atonement, just go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, 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 it got, got kind of rushed, but I'm going to have to end, end it with this. The way we humble our souls is with a fast. So when we read Leviticus chapter 23, verse 26 through 32, and it says for us to afflict our souls. The way we afflict our souls um, in this ritual for the Day of Atonement, we don't sacrifice animals no more, but we fast. Right? We go on a fast from, from, the, uh, from sundown on the ninth evening, sundown the tenth evening, which will actually be sundown tomorrow night. Sundown Tuesday night until sundown Wednesday night is what we're recognizing as the Day of Atonement. That we go into a we go into a fast to humble ourselves to go without for one day to go without for just one day, All right? So, brothers and sisters, I'm um, I believe Brother Sazapot is going to take the mantle uh, tomorrow morning uh, for Sazapot Tuesday. Sazapot Tuesday. Sazapot Tuesday. Um, if you want even more information about the Day of Atonement, 
I know the Brother of War is going to be speaking tonight on ISBHPK um, San Antonio, on ISBHPK San Antonio, and he's also going to go into the Josephus and bring out the, the Josephus, some of the history uh, and the culture of what we as Israelites did and how we commemorated the Day of Atonement. Um, catch that tonight. I believe it starts at 7.30 or 8 o'clock um, Central Standard Time, uh, Texas Time, uh, San Antonio Time. Uh, you can check it out. And that's going to be on YouTube, so you see the visuals. Uh, you will actually be able to see him. And most likely, Brother uh, Samson and Deliad, um, they're actually going to the class even, uh, a little bit more in depth. Uh, you can also check out uh, ISBHBK Houston or ISBHBK Norfolk. Um, starting at, I believe it's 6 a.m., 6 p.m. Uh, tonight also, but they'll be covering the Day of Atonement as well. And you just want to get a little bit more in-depth and a little bit more um, foundation, a little bit more um, um, understanding and you know, edification about what the Day of Atonement is. All right? Brother Gabor Kawad, do you have any announcements that you want to, want to uh, just, just, you know, just sum up uh, today's class? Um, or anything, um, or anything, anything. Yeah, uh, just that you know, I'm, 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 I'm definitely um, looking, looking forward, uh, looking forward to this, this year of, uh, of the, the Day of Atonement, um, and and praying that the Heavenly Father gives me the opportunity to atone for uh, um, my sins, and and that I can reckon or uh, have a reconciliation of my relationship uh, with the Heavenly Father. And also in prayers of call uh, Yashua or all Israel um, that are doing the will and following the law, statutes, and commandments and the, and the holy convocations, um, this one, um, it's, an, it's an important one. And, you know, I pray that all of the families that are doing the will of the Heavenly Father uh, um, enjoy the, well, take the opportunity to reconcile their their relationships with the Heavenly Father also. For real, for real. Two words, two words, two words. All right, brothers and sisters, thank you for tuning in. Um, On Wednesday, well, the way I'm thinking, if the Lord said the same, God, most I will, I want to continue this Day of Atonement um, class. There's, there's more to it. There's a lot more to it. But at least today, we, um, uh, as we already go into the Day of Atonement, if Todd's Potter is also going to it again tomorrow, um, that it's a fast. No, no food, no drink for 24 hours starting tomorrow, Tuesday night at sundown, and that's the Wednesday night sundown. But there's some more to it. There's some more to it. So, yeah, I'm probably going to do a part two for the Day of Atonement on Wednesday. Right? The Lord said the same. The Lord said the same thing. And then we'll, we'll get back into the, the series that, we, that we've been going over. So with that, again, thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Mashado. My name is Gabartawal. Uh we, we like for, for ISBHBK Bible Talk. We really thank you for tuning in. And with that, we're going to say shalom.
You have. 